0: I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas of fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. This week, we're talking to the Rocket Dollar guys, Dan, Chris, and Henry. If you are At all interested in investing, you have to listen to these guys because they make investing available and accessible to everybody. I'll catch you on the flip side. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a streamlined representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. Welcome back everybody. Another episode of Firestarters. It's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little weird because we did not prep. But uh, before we jump in, I wanted to say something real funny. Um, about six months ago, plus or minus, yeah, no, it was October. And it's about six months ago. We were, my business partner and I, Jaden, were drive, or flying to Miami for a conference. And I remember we were sitting, we were strategizing something in the airplane or in the airport. And both of us were very tired from, you know, something social that we did. The day before, I believe it was like a I don't, whatever it was, very very tired. We were strategizing, and it was great, like ideas galore. Pew, pew, pew. But the, as we as we kind of left and everybody got on their seats, he's like, "I'm gonna take a nap." I said, "Me too, man. I'm gonna take a nap. This is, it's going to be a long weekend in Miami." And he uh, he tries to take a nap, and apparently there was some guy sitting next to him. <laughs> and this guy, he's like, "Dude, I met this guy on the on the airplane. Have you ever heard of a company called Rocket Dollar?" I was like, "I, I think so." <laughs> I think so. He's like, yeah, man, I met this guy on the airplane. He was like, I was so tired and I didn't want to talk, but then he showed me this thing (laughs) and I don't remember exactly what it was, but apparently a quick marketing, you know, piece of marketing collateral was whipped up and Jaden was like, this guy's awesome. Like what the (laughs) hell did he just, how come we can't, how come we can't do that? So anyway, why I said that story is because the people that are joining me here today are the guys from rocket dollar. So today I'm not going to, I'm not even going to say last names. We're going Dan, Chris, and Henry rocket dollars finest. Welcome gentlemen.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Romney.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you knew that story that Jaden was asleep. I was the one that woke him up, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am sorry about that, Jaden, I guess. <laughs> um, but I think it worked out pretty well. So we still haven't necessarily gotten to the point where we're doing business together and all that, but this is great. Um, I'm certainly interested in hearing what you guys are doing. Definitely, you know, personally interested in a little bit of the story, how we got here. I mean, that's really the, that's what's, that's what's interesting. I mean, what you do is interesting too, but yeah, how you got here is more interesting. Um, and what you guys are doing out there, you know, for, for the people, you guys know us a little bit and you know, we're, we're a private lending shop. We're just trying to give investors and builders money to flip houses and build little subdivisions. But what are you guys doing? What's, what's the the elevator pitch on what you're up to? Yeah.
1: Sure. Well, I'm Chris from Rocket Dollar. I'm the chief operating officer for the company. Uh, The goal behind Rocket Dollar is to help Individual investors use IRA and 401k money to invest in alternative assets, so things such as real estate or startups or private companies, even precious metals, anything that's allowed by the IRS. In fact, the IRS only tells you a couple of things that you can't do, uh, life insurance and collectibles typically, uh, so we want to make it easy for people to tap that money and do other things with it. Um, and. You know, Most Americans, if they have a retirement account, it's primarily held in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and that's probably where almost all of our assets are, too. But we do think it's a good idea to pull off a a small piece of that if you're interested in that or if you have some expertise in it, like in real estate Mm -hmm. or in uh, startups or private companies, um, and to uh, diversify the retirement portfolio into those other types of assets.
0: Can I tell you this? And I know there's a whole lot more to this, but that might be the first time I've ever heard it said that way. I've dealt with IRA companies for the last 16 years of my career. Sure. And it's always just been like, it's better over here. You know? Right. It's not like, let's share the wallet. It's always just like, bring it all over. And so it's interesting how you say that. It's like, you know, most of us have our our, uh, retirements set aside in stocks, bonds, whatever it may be. But some of that you could set aside and- do what you were just saying.
1: Well, that's right. And so what scares most people outside the traditional financial services industry when they hear about self-directed retirement investing is they just assume then um, the immediate worst and that I'm going to take my whole retirement account or my whole grandmother's retirement account and put it all into Bitcoin. Um, And then we've had crypto winter and now that's obviously would have been very, very bad for both myself and for grandma, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, So we don't want to do that. Um, we think that there are alternative assets that make sense as part of a diversified portfolio. And that's how we should be thinking about it. Um, and as well as the stock market has done since the global financial crisis, um, and it's, it's been on an epic bull market since then, um, what's lesser understood is that the private markets in many cases have performed even better.
0: You know, that's hard to see though, right? I mean, a lot of people don't have easy access and visibility to the quote-unquote private We lack visibility. Exactly. Right. So when you say that, it's uh, I know it because I live it. That's right. This is an alternative office that we're recording in. Uh, maybe I didn't come out the right way. There's alternative mm. investments not... going <laughs> on. Going in this office. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that one. <laughs> You're inventing a new real estate class. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely invest in alternative assets. That's and right. We, we are doing it all the time and, you know, I charge clients. The end consumer pays me something to the tune of nine to twelve percent, and a big portion of that goes through to my investors—six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. So there's an alternative investment right there sure. that's performing better than a whole lot of things. I'm not exactly not comparing it to, you know, a twelve-year bull run. Sure, but it's performing. Sure, that's right. So maybe not twelve years. You know what I mean? So yep. um, I, I felt like when I when I researched you guys after that plane trip it was probably the plane trip back i'm pretty sure in miami i didn't like stop and google this um but when i researched it on the way back i I felt like you guys were definitely doing it different Uh, what you said right now is definitely the the message is different than what i've been hearing but um why why this thing i mean it's um
2: well yeah why i might be able to talk about that so i come from the very traditional world um i spent 15 years uh, from the year 2000 to 2015, essentially working with regular retirement plans, IRAs, and, and probably opened and managed upwards of 300 retirement plans covering almost half a million people. And I think in that time, I put close to $6 billion into mutual funds. And I recognize that the smartest investors, so speaking to Chris's point from earlier, uh, not all of an individual's money should be in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, but there's a diversification component if you take some small part of that and invest in something that would be alternative. An alternative could be something that is different for different people. So your customers or clients come to you for a very specific – part of the real estate type of lending markets for someone else it might be investments into small privately held businesses that they may have an edge because they have some knowledge about that particular industry and that gives them an edge to know which ones to invest in Um, and it's a small component and if you think about it that's actually the way that the smartest most sophisticated investors have actually run their portfolios so think pensions endowments i mean they they've had kind of a mix between the public markets and the private markets all the way through and as chris talked about it's actually shown a couple things. Better diversification leads to yeah. better returns, better you know, ways to sustain in bound periods and up periods. Public
0: and private. So private, uh, you would categorize an alternative investment inside of the private kind of
2: bucket? In our world, yes, because uh, the, the vast majority, and when we say vast, we're talking very large, 99.5% of the, uh, of the tax-advantaged retirement dollars are in these publicly registered securities, so stocks, bonds, yeah. and mutual funds, which are a variation of stocks and or bonds. But uh, when we say private, that's what we refer-, refer to as alternatives. They're non-registered securities. They could be a non-registered fund. Yeah, for example, you guys let's say aggregate the investments uh, when connecting the capital to your end um, end borrowers mm-hmm. and so forth. So we do refer to alternative as the private investment markets. And then ironically enough, I mentioned I started in the year 2000. Alternative investments then actually referred to a regular mutual fund, but it might've invested in the Canadian stock market. No kidding. At that time. Yeah. In the year 2000, it's changed the to where term- now it might be real estate or a private stock investment and so forth.
0: It feels like it's gotten a little bit more mainstream.
2: I think so. Uh, yeah, I think that there's, there's a component to where people, if they had the ability to access. So if we're saying that private is alternative, and alternative is anything that's non-publicly registered, then people, they have a chance to invest in those things, will naturally gravitate towards ones they may have some knowledge or access to, whether it be through your company, whether it be through industry knowledge, and that will lead them to business opportunities related to that space.
0: Love it. So, you know, I I know the answer to this, kind of, because I've been, you know, I've followed you guys enough, and I've certainly seen your website enough times. Um, But what, what are those alternatives? What's kind of the breakdown that people invest in that you know work with you guys?
1: Yeah. So it tends to be heavy on real estate and that can take any form of real estate from a simple single family rental property straight through to a real estate private equity fund or a note, a note promissory notes, any type of uh, real estate lending, debt lending, um, that's all possible. And we also see, um, and part and this partly gets to your previous question too, there's been an explosion of digital asset classes. And we can do things online now from an investment perspective that we couldn't do 10 years ago. Uh, Things like peer-to-peer lending, lending club, or uh, crowdfunding sites and equity crowdfunding. You can invest in startups. You don't even have to be an accredited investor in some cases. Uh, So we see some of that. We also see investments into private companies, as Henry was mentioning earlier. Uh, So the investments tend to flow from what it is the investor is comfortable with um, outside the stock market.
0: So that's pretty cool what you said about the digital um, asset classes. Yeah. So real quick, that's let's just pick one. Um, in, our, in our world, there's Lending Club, maybe. Is that what it's called, Lending Club? There's Lending yeah. Club, there's Prosper. Yeah, Lending there's a number Lend- of them now. Yeah, so in, in our little world, there's a number of them as well. So the end collateral is ultimately a piece of real estate or some, I, I think, right? So you're investing in a piece of real estate or in a note? In what? some cases,
1: you're investing in real estate. In other cases, it's uh, uh, lenders g- uh, g- uh, lenders coming together to issue a note that gets chopped up and, uh, and, and then investors buy a piece of it okay. for interest.
0: So, in this world of crowdfunding and crowdsourcing or whatever it's called, you know, yeah. the digital asset classes that you mentioned, what if the underlying asset isn't one of the approved assets? Is that something that is a no-no or is that kind of being figured out with this new kind of frontier?
1: It's still typically a no-no. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the IRS frowns upon you creating some new structure simply to do something that they've already told you you can't do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it. if if it's on the list of, if it's a no, no, it's a no, no for a reason.
0: I meant, more, I meant more like, is this changing the game a little bit? Like, or is there different investment opportunities out there available to these guys as a result of this kind of digital wave that's occurred?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to go through a retirement account like the type or the kind that we provide. So you can go online and you can invest in, and a number of us did, in a barbecue shop in Austin on Barton Springs. Ooh. And you can become a part owner.
0: Is Can we say a name? Nah.
1: Well, sure. sure. So several of us uh, participated in a crowdfunding offering with the Uncle Billy's. No kidding. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, thanks for calling me on that one, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appreciate well, you. And,
2: and, and the collateral on that particular loan is a portion of the revenue. So right. it's backed by the revenue stream. So it's actually not backed by the business itself or the equity if they happen to own the land or the building that they're in. So it, it, it really depends. Yeah. Um, they
1: call that a revenue sharing note. Love so it. we
2: sign a note for a certain percentage
1: of the revenue every month, and uh, and you see all these different types of investment opportunities and structures that are now part of um, these opportunities online.
0: So you said a big percentage or a, a large amount of real estate, and then there's di- different things like this, like businesses. That's right. And and there's obviously the precious metals, and you kind of go on and on and on. And that. on. But right. what does what the composition look like for for all intents and purposes if real estate takes up probably the lion's share or the biggest chunk?
2: Think, I'll let Dan speak to that. Yeah, I
0: think it gets
3: fun here because, like a lot of your deals, my guess is the first tranche that comes in is about a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know, typical uh, somebody that wants to lend get eight to ten percent back on their money. So where the fun happens here is once you pay out the initial dividends, because then folks have two, five, ten thousand, and with the advent of crowdfunding, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do, especially in a community like Austin. If somebody has more of called the millennial mindset, that actually a lot of uh, older folks on the call here will have today. You know you can invest back in your community so i think you're seeing more of that folks just have that desire to drive down main street drive down the road i know personally when we go to east austin i can say that's my bar you know that's my restaurant if you have a dog here's a place to go to and it's pretty exciting
0: yeah there's it means something so so business would be the second most popular uh, business investments business investments
1: sure okay yeah. and it can come in the form of startups or investing via a syndicate a venture capital fund or a crowdfunding where you know, where they're selling equity or some stake in an organization or a company online.
0: I so I'll say this. I, I enjoy you guys' message, especially what you just said right now cuz you you've brought it into 2019. And you know, I've been in business for for a little while, not not too too long. But a good 20 <laughs> years. And when I started, it was it felt like it was all sales, uh, especially the this world as we know it. I mean, in I'm from Miami. In 2003, um, there was a lot of custodians trust companies, whatever you want to call them, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to put you in a, in a bucket guys, but I'm sure the people in outside listening to this, probably you're thinking, Oh, these guys are an IRA custodian or trust company, whatever. Um, anyway, these guys would always just try to sell and just grab all the ma- the money. And what you did is you gave it a little bit of a story and it's so true, dude, you get eight to 10% and you own that thing. I think that's sweet. It is, it is the 2019 version of the crap they were selling us in 2003.
2: And that's how we started. So anyone that's in the investment industry, so for me, I was a career financial advisor. My earliest memories of money were uh, being told by a friend's father. It wasn't my own father. He didn't have money in the stock market. But he said owning a share of stock was a way to own a part of the company. And I think since then, I sold a lot of mutual funds and retirement plans. Yeah. It created these layers of distance between me and being a direct owner of one share in a company and having a say in who the chairman, executive, and the CEO would be, uh, being able to vote on that. And I think that at, at, at its highest level, we named the company Rocket Dollar with the intent that people can do things that were different, go further and farther with their money. Uh, that was the whole point of the name. And the thesis being that if there's $10 trillion in IRA accounts right now, and over 99% of that money is invested in publicly registered securities, largely held by the top 10 asset managers and or brokerage firms, if we can unlock some portion of that money and let people invest in what we call private, so something non-registered, they're going to tend to gravitate towards things that they either know they care about or, ge- or are geographically close to them. So whether they invest directly into a re- rental property or into a restaurant on a revenue-based loan, we have this belief that that money now is going to get re from 10 mutual fund companies back into a hyper local uh, scenario. So it'll probably be within 25 miles. So one thing, it, step back one level from what our clients are investing in, what we can see is that they're investing in things that are very close to them, whether that's their physical location or close to their heart.
0: Man, well said. So you guys are sitting in a conference room with a bunch of deals behind you. That's kind of what we've been saying for a little while. It's like, look, you're investing in this community. Mind you, you could argue, We, I don't even think you could argue. We have been doing loans in Austin and Dallas and Houston and all these markets and a lot of time, every loan that we do adds value to real estate, which is great. It sounds like a very noble cause. But what happens in Austin is these prices are out of control. So, you know, we've we've been saying the same story. It's like, look, you're investing in your backyard. But, you know, some of it right now is like we're also inflating our backyard. And that sucks. So there's all kinds of different movements going on. And I think the way that you guys are attacking, you know, this is maybe a way that we'd like to attack the Affordable situation here in Austin. And it's a long bridge to build here, and we only have a little bit of time. But let me just say that we, um, we, we think we rather our investors invest in the properties that are at the affordable price range than any of these million, two million, three million dollar mansions. So we're changing kind of the narrative a little bit as well, uh, and it's it's getting a little bit more of a a real emotional spin or twist because it means something. Because otherwise. I mean, it's too late. We already are. Texas is San Francisco, okay. But otherwise, we're it's gonna it's gonna get worse and worse and worse and worse. Sure. But anyway, to I want to go back to something you said earlier, Henry. You said that you managed or moved some six billion dollars in your career.
2: I mean, you uh, probably sold them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: so that you found some, you found the most successful um, retirements or people or you know books to be the ones that had some level of alternative or privates,
2: and. Yeah, so my background was I helped a lot of companies set up their corporate retirement plans. Got it. The thinking being that at some point, any dollars inside of a 401k plan, which were the primary types of accounts I worked with, there are various other kinds of corporate and and company offered plans, that money ultimately ends up in an IRA. Uh, And those IRA dollars typically had the same sorts of structured and publicly registered mutual funds. Um, And for us, we just thought that, okay, if the most sophisticated investors actually always, almost by mandate in some cases, are required to have some component of the asset base, Uh, take like a big endowment or or pension system, they have a requirement by mandate to have some portion of the money in different private and alternative investments, private equity, real estate, Ironically enough, if you actually study, you'll find out that a lot of these giant public public mutual fund asset managers actually have quite a large amount of holdings inside of private deals themselves. So there's one, uh, they're the nation's largest owner of almond farms and about 25% of the nation's vineyards. No kidding. But then on the business side, they sell a lot of mutual funds, regular 40 act, five ticker symbol or five letter ticker symbol mutual funds. And for us, we allow an, at the individual level someone to someone to do the same thing by buying a rental property in East Austin and think downstream so in addition to maybe taking 200,000 out of an IRA that otherwise would have been in a mutual fund paying fees back to Boston where the company's based and then to the advisor who might be based in Dallas it's now a rental property it allows another family to live in that home who will then start shopping sending their children to school in that community the owner of that property also has to now pay taxes back into that community as well. So we think there's a lot of downstream, you know, economic value that's generated back to the community while doing what the investor originally wanted, which was to get a return as a component of their portfolio heading into retirement.
0: Hyper local, man. Like you just said, yeah, it's absolutely true. So who does what around here? I mean, you guys, uh, some three random dudes walked into this conference room. Yeah, No, I'm just kidding. Who's, who does what? I know we're kind of going backwards a little bit, but I am curious.
2: Yeah. I'll I'll so I'll start. Uh, my name is Henry. So I, I I work as the CEO. So I like to think of myself as <laughs> work the guy as. that goes out and gives uh, talks and speeches.
1: I love it. Work as the CEO. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to you, my That's friend. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm Chris Palmisato. My job's to uh, keep the trains running. Uh, and keep, we're building a business here. Got it. Uh, in addition to, uh, we're building a consumer brand as well. Um, but, yeah, so I, I oversee the, most of the day-to-day operations for the company.
0: Who's who's touching the marketing stuff in, in this room?
3: Yeah, Romney, so outside of uh, <laughs> following you guys wherever you're flying around the country, I do take care of marketing. And uh, like you, I've been very fortunate and humble to speak across the country, kind of share my personal story, share my message. And I think all of us here, uh, we have that, you know, from ourselves, the founding team, and all the way down. So a lot of great stories across our team of 15 folks. So just sharing that and on the flip side, you know, starting to share some of our customer stories, some of our sponsor stories. So I th- that's where I think the excitement comes in.
0: Your clients are all over the country right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. For the most part, we have cl- we have customers and clients now in almost every state. So Amen. 40, uh, Forty-six states at last count.
0: That's great. That's absolutely. And so, you guys deal directly with the individual investor, or through some some kind of wholesale channel. Like we, I told you, we had a wealth management or retirement sure. division. Do you deal more so with through those guys? Who are you trying to talk to, the, the end investor or the yeah, financial great question. advisor?
1: Yeah, great question. So we started just talking directly to the market, so directly to consumers or who would be the ultimate account holder. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also do now talk to wealth managers and you know financial advisors. We'll talk to real estate syndicators and real estate developers, real estate professionals. And we'll also talk to the, the companies that have those digital investment platforms because we have some technology that can enable – them to tap into retirement dollars as well.
0: Oh man, I'm curious to hear about that.
1: It yeah, was well, think about it this way: you can uh, the plan would be for you to be able to go to, to a site that does these types of digital transactions or deals, um, and then fund it with your rocket dollar account.
0: So. This is a weird conversation on the air, but let's have it, <laughs> right? <laughs> help me, help me figure this out. So I've got, I've got about $180 million under management here mm-hmm. and that's all in loans. And we're always trying to grow that book. Sure. Um, a, we need to raise money and B, we need to find the right investment. So those things always have to happen and supply and demand is always a little bit of an issue, but it is what it is. Of course. So we've got that money out there at any given time. We could sell one of those notes. We can make some, you know, some space available on our funds and offer some opportunities to say investors. So that technology, is there any way to plug in with me? Sure. So how does it look? I mean, walk me through that for a second. Do I have a portal where they just go and click with their Rocket Dollar account, they buy?
1: That's right. We could do this a number of different ways, but if you have a portal, we could drop it into a portal. Or if you wanted us to build something for you... Like a plug-in, we could do that. Uh, they're APIs, so you could integrate it into an application in a number of different ways.
0: Damn, dude, nobody told me this was going to be a business meeting. <laughs> I thought this was, thought well, this was a podcast.
1: Uh, despite what titles we may hold yeah. at the end of the day, you're talking to three salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of it
0: right there, dude. Make it four.
2: That's right. And so the, the way the portal works is, think about it this way. So someone that's coming to you right now on a traditional channel, they may say that, hey, I really like your offering. I want to do some of your loans, uh, but i got to clear up some capital or create some liquidity. So they might have to sell out of another investment. In our case, they're doing the same thing, except that they would be selling out of a mutual fund or a traditional type investment in an IRA with another provider, while simultaneously setting up an account, an IRA with us here at Rocket Dollar. and once that uh, those holdings are liquidated to cash, that cash can be transferred from IRA to IRA to us, and then deployed through your channel. So it's no different than if someone created uh, taxable liquidity to be able to do one of your deals and they were previously in another investment.
0: I I think we should take this one a little bit deeper for the record. Sure. We we definitely want to do we want to create a little bit more of a marketplace. Sure. On our where our investments are available. And even to a lesser degree to my my clients that borrow money, I wanna give them a little bit of a marketplace to come and buy. Mm -hmm. And you know, many times The you know sometimes maybe not many times sometimes they use their IRAs there's some limitations on how they could borrow and and lever that up sure but um but yeah that's something to take offline for sure appreciate that
2: one thing about why they might have been using that IRA I mean so people typically have buckets of money in both taxable and tax advantage or tax deferred which is what we refer to as the IRA and there might be academic and objective reasons for why you want to make certain investments. Uh, with one type of money or the other. So in our case, what we try to tell people that in most circumstances, if they were already going to make an investment on a digital investment platform, that they would actually be able to probably get higher returns if that investment yielded very regular dividend and interest payments uh, to the point where they'd be counted as ordinary income. Well, if you could defer uh, taxes on any of that income that comes off of the loan, let's say a monthly payment or a quarterly payment, then dollar for dollar, an IRA invested in that same vehicle would actually yield a higher return over time because you'd be reinvesting those dividends, not paying taxes along the way, and then paying it out much later.
0: Man, I just had a vision of, of what we'd have on this portal, um, almost a way to, to process that out, make it so easy to invest. Yeah. I, just, I, I hope it's that's as easy our intent. As what I just envisioned.
1: Yeah, that's our intent. We want it to be as simple as buying something on eBay with PayPal.
0: Yeah. Damn. That would be ideal. We that is not our system today. No, not our system at all today. Uh, we we process a lot of our uh, qualified money through Mainstar sure. trust uh, used to be. What was Mainstar ONAGA? I think uh, anyway, they we uh, we've been working with them for a little while. And as great as they are, there's still there's still emails, faxing, all these things still go down. Sure. You know? And
1: yeah, and, and we like all the trust companies. We, we've met the vast majority of them and they you know, pioneered this industry. Uh, we do, though, think that now's the time to drop some additional technology in here and to make it a really slick and really easy customer uh, experience. Um, and that's really the way that the industry grows and, and becomes more towards the mainstream. Uh, because these digital investment opportunities, and even if it's even if it's just rental property, mm-hmm. um, it's becoming it's going to become more and more important f- uh, for anyone saving for retirement.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be available to everybody. Essentially, this is not just for the investor. That's Everybody right. is now essentially equipped to be an investor.
1: Yeah, I, the, the rule of thumb or the thought process that I really like, there's a, a blog for uh, the medical community called the White Coat Investor. And his first rule of thumb for any of the readers is to um, accept the fact that you have a second job. And that second job is you have to learn about how our financial system works and about how to use it and how to in, uh, invest your money and how to grow your wealth. Uh, and it's a responsibility of everyone because of how our world works today.
0: Hmm. Well, you guys should speak to our audience a little bit more. <laughs> I'd love to put you guys in front of some of our, of our investors. Like I said, we've got $180 million out there, just soldiers earning returns and, uh, and they trust us with that money. Sure, so there's a, there might be a way to help us all out, and including them.
3: One, one thing I like too, what uh, on our offering, it's, it's a checkbook control account. So our most, I see a lot of gray hair in the room. Uh, you know, what? not you, of course. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> You know, I mean, time's our most valuable asset, and we recognize that. And particularly if folks are going to reinvest in their community, uh, our platform, it's 100% tech. There's no of the scan facts uh, sort of paper at all, actually. So from your standpoint, as you guys receive a check, so I moonlight at night, you know, raising money for self-storage. What we're doing, you're going to get a check, and you're not going to know if it comes from somebody's piggy bank checking account or from their IRA. So that whole kind of third-party paperwork that yourself or your admin is spending an hour on the phone just to get a check, with no value add to this sort of communication, we completely eliminated that friction. Yeah. So when you multiply that out over probably how many transactions even here you guys do alone, uh, you're probably saving you know literally weeks of uh, of time.
0: It's a you guys use the term disrupt. I'm sure at some point.
1: Yeah, so disruption means a certain thing. Like, so I, Weird I don't, buzzword, right? It's like, it I don't even really like it yeah, anymore. Yeah, well, and it, <laughs> it's, it's an academic term, too, now, and it, and it yep. means certain things. Um, there is the potential for that. Uh, if we grow the market enough where enough new customers come into the market, then you, you can probably make the case that there's some disruption there. We like to think of it, though, as um, this is an opportunity, the timing is right, and we've got an interesting technology and a team that can actually make this uh, go mainstream. So instead of instead of looking at it as disrupting the players that are already there, um, the better way to think about this is a rising tide will lift all boats. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any reason that 20 million Americans shouldn't be self-directing some portion of their retirement account.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty big pie.
1: Massive. And you that's used
2: the term marketplace earlier. So you talk about ha- marketplaces have to balance supply and demand. What I would say is that Let's think about this now. The public markets today, we're talking about publicly registered stocks. Let's just stick with that number and mutual funds. That's actually 3,650 or 3,675 stocks or so right now. So actually, the Wilshire 5000 doesn't even really have 5,000 stocks anymore. Yeah, uh, It's kind of a misnomer. Then if you think about the mutual fund industry, there's 10,000 mutual funds, but those are really – 150 to 220 mutual fund strategies recreated by various companies and sold. So that's how you end up with 10,000. So let's just say that the aggregate of that, you attach a number, might actually be 30% of the investment supply or 40% of the total investment supply in America today. The other 60% is being supplied by private business opportunities, digital investment platforms, private equity, private venture, promissory notes, real estate lending, real estate investing, and so forth. So that's your marketplace. So we think that there's already a lot of supply. What we kind of view rocket dollars, we're helping to unlock the demand. The demand is $10 trillion of money in IRAs held by 50 million households, which if you take a middle of the road of the American population that owns IRAs, let's just assume that that age is 35. Now you're talking about $10 trillion that has a natural 25-year time horizon until 59 and a half before it can readily be accessed, um, that has already been earmarked, and you get tax benefits accrued to it from a, a deferral standpoint. As long as you use it for investment, so those are two natural characteristics on the demand and the money that we help unlock to then flow into the supply side. Which there's a lot of platforms. You have competitors. Uh, you have competitors that do the same thing as you. Then you have competitors that are providing different alternative investment solutions than you. That's the supply side. We think of Rocket Dollar and unlocking those dollars as the demand.
0: I love it. I, I it sounds like you've said that before. It sounds like that's not the only <laughs> time you've ever done that. Unlocking the demand, bullseye.
2: Yeah, so and and so a lot of platforms such as yourself or a lot of providers such as yourself, the supply side wants more of those dollars to come in. And not only can we provide dollars to you, we actually can provide dollars that dollar for dollar versus taxable might, you know, in most circumstances have a better return. You need to talk to guys
0: like us all the time, man. You just (laughs) made another, you've got another soldier in me now. I was like, I'm going to share that story because it's true. It's like, I I believe so much in what we've got in our and in the supply that we deliver. That it's like yeah just un- unlock the demand you you need to invest in this yeah it's n- and it's no longer a a theory you know what i mean it's like it sure. works and i and I-, I think that's where we started it's like the the optics aren't there you don't really know what the privates are doing right
2: that's right so yeah. the
0: so mutual funds fall over here in the publics
2: well you don't know what all the private markets are doing right that's the whole point of the private markets but what you do know is you know you're part of the private markets or you know yes. someone who specializes in one particular component. And you trust that person, that platform, or that vehicle uh, to do it. So, no one invests broadly across all the public markets either. Just like no one will invest broadly across the privates. they'll they'll decide to invest in the part where they feel like they have that advantage, or they feel like they have yeah. a vehicle to invest in that properly for the returns they need.
0: So, I know we're kind of coming to an end here, but I. The, you you unlocked the interest while trying to unlock the demand, but how'd you guys all hook up? That's kind of uh, it's uh, we were going backwards today, sure, literally backwards.
1: Yeah, we're, so we we all happen. knew each other before this. Okay, so Henry and I met each other doing a, an angel investment in a real estate technology company here in Austin, and the founder had you know connected the both of us and just kind of hit it off and became friends that way and think about the world in a similar way. Um, Dan and I had met. Uh, previously, um, looking at opportunities at another uh, early stage company
2: in Austin, uh, and I don't actually—I don't think I know how the two of you met. So, Dan and I just know each other through kind of the general fintech community. So, he'd worked at no, uh, a kidding. couple of fintech companies before, and that was my background post of financial services. So I was CFP financial advisor for a long time, but also cool. fintech entrepreneur more recently. And we connected uh, actually yeah. on our <laughs> way to the world's largest fintech conference um,
3: in Vegas. On an airplane, of course. <laughs> on <an> airplane. Yeah. <laughs> you woke him up? I, I, I woke him up, and there's a gentleman two rows ahead of us with the big pink cowboy hat. And this is on the way to Vegas, so you oh got to imagine God. how his weekend was. But oh, I my love God. Love at first sight,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I wish I would have been there. So, the, not everybody hears from Western
2: New York. Yeah, and, and that was, I am. Actually, I know I, yeah. Yeah. the only no, accent I hear from there, is there. And that was years ago. So yeah. that Dan and I reconnected. So when we were thinking about the Genesis and starting Rocket Dollar, I just told him, I said, "Look, you know, you're representing moonlighting at night for the storage funds. That's one part of the supply. What if I tell you about an idea that may unlock all the dollars that is in everything that's not you? Because the storage fund is more similar to, let's say, your sure. platform or an angel investment into a startup is just something that's not a public investment. That's where all the money is. Mm. Um, and if the smartest investors in the world, running the biggest pension plans and funds, almost by literal mandate, they cannot invest all the money in S in and P five hundred and just call it a day. They, they, they're actually not. Allowed they to do need
0: that. to have a little bit allocated to then, these alternatives. Then why
2: doesn't the average individual person who has accumulated assets with a natural time horizon of twenty five years or more and accrued great tax advantages because they own it in IRA or 401k, why can't they do the same thing?
0: Because nobody's telling them.
2: Yeah.
1: And there's even an academic argument here. I mean, if you go back to the foundational economic theories that were developed that created the entire financial services industry as we know it, all those papers even talked about private equity, but the problem for the little guy was efficient access and affordable access. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the easiest way to do that now is probably through a rocket dollar account.
0: I mean, very basic economics, like how did somebody retire 50 years ago? That, that, was, that was never on the table. It was, it was, a, it was a Social Security, a pension, and cash.
2: And remember, but the, two of those three that you just named are accounts where they were one big pool of money with some portion of it invested in things that might have been spread across both private and public investments. So once the 401ks were created, that put the responsibilities for every person to figure out how to create their own yep. individualized pension account.
1: Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. I like that concept. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all have a second job.
0: Love that too, man. The white, what was it? The white coat the, investor? Yeah, the
1: white coat investor. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. We have enough clients around here that are doctors. I'm going yeah, to be curious to find out about that.
1: Uh, ask them. I bet most of them know it. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, uh, sure. I all, I'm always curious about doctors and lawyers, how much business training they get. And uh, the answer is None.
1: Um, not, well, not in medical school. I mean, yeah. Fair enough, too. Like they got enough to learn as it is. I <laughs> want to go to the doctor and make sure that he can properly diagnose when I have the flu. <laughs> uh, but yes. set up your 401k. But if you have friends that are doctors, um, and in some cases even lawyers, uh, they'll tell you that there's a dearth of, the, of that business training while they're in school, yeah. um, and the smart ones will go out and supplement it later or find experts. Yeah, and, that's what you, I've know, seen. You, hope, you hope that they find the right experts that don't take advantage of them.
0: Mm. Well, guys, this has been fun. We're we're kind of reaching the end here. We we do have a couple of hard stops. You guys have been cool. Wish we could do this again, maybe, um, and jump in a little bit deeper onto the personal side because I can tell you my audience kind of cares about what you know who you guys are. Um, we've we've had a little bit of success with this. You know, thank you to everybody who's listening. We forget that there's actually somebody listening on the other end here. We've had some success. It's led to, I mean, it's led to business for me. It's led to opportunities to to you know, get on some great stages for us. It's led to great conversations and great joint ventures with you know guests. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, we're We're looking at a 70 something unit multi uh, condo conversion here in town as a result of one of these. Um, it's that's a big deal for us for the record. That's a very big deal for us for the record. So anyway, this has been great. Um, I think you you said it best, uh, unlocking the demand, that's probably what I'm going to take away from here, but I also think, Probably the, the you know, most, ro- the, the funnest part that I got was the fact that it is so hyperlocal and the fact that, you know, just kind of giving people, letting people know that you can make that investment and you can be an owner in that company and you could actually do something a little bit beyond just making the investment um, is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We, we invest in, in a lot of things around here as well, uh, restaurants, bars, you name it. And there's something pretty special. just kind of walking in. It's like, this is a little bit of this is me. So you can, you can access that through what you're doing. And I think that's great. Any, anything you want to tell these guys before we sign off, maybe, you know, where they could find you, what you're up to next, you know, your call.
3: Yeah. I mean, at the least I'll be with you guys in Dallas. Uh, maybe on the day we actually publish this on Friday, uh, I think the ninth or tenth, and then in New York and Dallas, and we tend to be all over. I can be reached at dan at rocketdollar dot com and happy to have one on one conversations or if somebody has a group, a little you know roundtable syndicate, happy to uh step in there for a webinar, however I can help
0: yeah, well, I mean, here's your first lead with uh, <laughs> me. Let me get you into one of my events
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, well, you can reach me, Chris, at RocketDollar.com. I will be in New York City for the next week, from Wednesday through Friday.
0: Are all three in Austin? Yeah, we're, we're here. All the, I think you said fifteen staff of fifteen.
1: Yeah, we're we're, uh, we're about fifteen. Everyone's here except for one uh, business development executive who lives in New York.
0: Okay, great, all kinds of business up there.
1: Yep, it's it's still New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's that concrete jungle, Ooh. and you got to have somebody close by. I get it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I get it. And Henry, maybe you could take us home.
2: Yeah, so uh, so you can find me probably easiest maybe Twitter, uh, and then next week I'll be in New York and then San Francisco. Travel quite a bit, do some speaking engagements. Uh, uh, actually, giving a talk on the future of fintech, and then we were on Nasdaq yesterday, actually talking a little bit about financial planning in the future.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, guys, I've got this event that we've. So I told you when we started this podcast today, we've we've kind of shifted gears a little bit. I didn't say this, but we we only focus on investors, builders, and developers. Um, builders and developers are kind of the center of the bullseye, my client, the b- people that I could give the best value to, and as a result, you know we, we just excel there. Um, we did this thing in San Antonio. We call it Infill Insight. It's a meeting where we give a bunch of developers who are really focused on the infill, you know, building high density. Um, we, we're trying to give them new unique kind of, I don't know I wouldn't call it, I call it content as a marketer, but it's val- you know, it's, it's valuable information. And, um, we've had all kinds of really great speakers there in San Antonio. We're trying to do this across the state now, uh, but it'd be great if you guys could do this for me because these are builders that have built a pretty sizable book, right? And it's time for them to, to make some moves on their own, not just continue building. So maybe you could join me.
3: That'd be great. Let's do it.
0: Awesome. So guys, uh, I appreciate you. I know, uh, the room's hot, the whiskey's not so good, <laughs> uh, and the com- and the host is, you know, average, but, um, But you guys are awesome. I I appreciate what you're doing, and and I appreciate you guys joining me. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank Thank you. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. That's it for this week's Firestarter podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.